0: <laughs>
1: Hello and welcome to the SBNY podcast. My name is Peter Kennedy and I am your host. The Sports Blog New York podcast is on iTunes, Apple Podcast app, as well as Google Play. You can find it simply by searching Sports Blog New York podcast or go to sportsblognewark.com, click on the podcast tab, and any of those articles will lead you in the right direction. We have a lot on the build today and we're going to go heavy on baseball. Because obviously the NBA Finals are going around, but we've been talking about that so much. So we're going to take a breather, take a break. Remember that we got two New York baseball teams in the middle of the season. So we'll get into that. And of course, the Jets made some news as well. Some guys are happy, some guys are sad. We'll get into that. And Odell Beckham, whether he does stuff or not, stays in the news. So we'll touch on that quick, but we're going to go heavy on baseball. But before we do any of that, a word from our presenting sponsor. Wooter Apparel is the number one shop for custom uniforms and apparel. Lowest prices, two to three week turnaround, every sport and any z- design you can imagine. They're fully customizable team uniforms and apparel. Wooter Apparel empowers teens and athletes around the world by offering the best sublimated jerseys and apparel at unbeatable prices. Now you can check them out at WooterApparel.com or on Instagram, Twitter or Facebook at Wooter Apparel. And that's W-O-O-T-E-R Apparel. So check them out. They're our new sponsor. Very happy to have them on board. Because from experience, I can tell you, I wore their basketball jersey. Actually, last night, again, for the third year in a row, I've been wearing their basketball jerseys. and I'm very happy with the product, and you will be too. But the best part is, don't forget to use discount code SBNY at your purchase for a special discount depending on your offer. And that's discount code SBNY. Shout out to Wooter Apparel. Now, without further ado, let me bring in my guest for the evening, co-host extraordinaire, co-founder of SportsBlogNewYork.com, Phil DeMeo. How we doing, Pete? How you doing? Very good, how are you? Glad to have you here. Glad to be here. And back, a little hiatus, he's been busy, he's been traveling, he's been watching baseball, and he's ready to spit some fire, Mike Palmazano. Back from the dead. What is up? What's Dude, up? guys? good to have you back. I know that you and these Yankees, they got you yeah, you're pulling your hair out sometimes, but more or less, I think you've been feeling good. Is that right? Uh, who
0: hammered that over back in April? This guy. You did. And I'm about to double down. We're going over 90. We're going over 90 this year. Whoa. Okay. All right. I like where you're at right now. And if you don't
1: know what Mike's talking about, I'll give you a quick little tidbit before we get into some football stuff that we, we have to talk about. We have to at least bring it up. But let me remind you that Mike Palmasano, my man right here to my left, he picked the Yankees to win what? 88? You said like 88 games this year? The, you said they were going to make the playoffs?
0: Yeah. The uh, – the under-over was about 83 and a half, 84, and I saw 88. 88 was the number I liked, and I think we're going to hit 90 um, as long as we could uh, keep up the health and the consistent pitching and uh, the bats stay hot. Yeah, yeah and we're going to hit you with a stat that you may not know
1: and you may be shocked when you hear it, and that's regarding the Yankees' pitching staff, which was apparently the big question mark for the team this year. But maybe it wasn't that much of a question mark, and we'll get into that. So, so just hang tight. We're going to get into baseball. It's a good one. It's a good one. But for now, let's talk about the Jets. So David Harris, their linebacker, leading them since what, 2006, 2007? 2007. 2007. He's the longest-tenured Jet no longer. He will be released by the New York Jets. And then the same day of that news, we find out from the Jets that Eric Decker, another veteran presence for the Jets, a little injury-prone, But a guy I think Jet fans have a good, like they think of him in a good light, he will also be on his way out, either via trade or released just like Harris. So, Mike, I'm going to go to you first. Some may say that this is a positive step for the rebuild. Some may say this is negative because there ain't no damn veterans in the locker room. Where do
0: you land? If you look at the Jets today and what you know about them, and you compare them to what you know about them Saturday, there's really not much difference. You lose two veteran guys, but new guys will step up. You're going to have your quarterback. He's going to be your your de facto leader. You have a couple of head coaches, you know, coaching staff who's going to lead the team. I, You know what? If the Jets are committed, unlike the Knicks, to tanking in a sense, just using this year as a build-up year, get a low draft pick, a high draft pick rather, then I, I agree. I think this is the right move. And let Eric Decker go and go to a team... Uh, you know, I'll be a you know a two receiver, maybe a three receiver on depending on the team and if his health is good. And let him go and try to, you know, get back to the Super Bowl. You know, I am sure he wasn't you know too thrilled there's a as a veteran receiver, a couple years left and there's prime. He's probably wants to go out and win a ring, so so I think it works out for both parties. I'm looking forward to see how the Jets uh move forward.
1: Would you like to guess who the longest tenure Jet is? Oof, that is a tough question. You know, I was actually didn't do any research on this, but I was thinking about who is that guy. And I was trying to think of defensive players and um, maybe a running
2: back. I don't know. Is it is it uh, Wilkerson? It's Wilkerson and Blue uh, Powell. Yeah. yeah. So like you wouldn't think that those are your veterans. I thought that that's like a, a back, like not a leading back. But Wilkerson is like I guess a leader just in general, but you wouldn't think even like the, the guy in the team.
0: Do you guys know uh, what college Mohammed Wilkerson went to? Temple. No, but I, f- I was gonna say I feel like you got a sick brag coming. Bing, 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 bing. Alma mater. The Temple University. Were you there while he was there? No, I missed him. I was there for the uh, running back standout, Bernard Pierce, who went on to win a Super Bowl with the Baltimore Ravens. Also was there with Brandon McManus, Super Bowl kicker for the Denver Broncos. Look at you. So, yeah, big T, big T. Might see you in the chip this year.
1: (laughs) Shout out to Temple. Their uh, program's actually been on the rise. It's been getting better and better every year. Matt rule. But So, I I fall in the same boat as you do, Mike, uh, on the Jets wagon here. If you're going to rebuild, if you want to try to get a top pick in this draft, that's what you have to do. And it sucks, and it's going to be weird. I mean, you saw that video of Leonard Williams that kind of went viral where he took Darren Lee and physically moved him away from a girl where he thought he was being inappropriate, uh, was treating a a female in the wrong way. So shout out to Leonard Williams, first of all, for taking some charge in a public setting and making sure his teammate didn't do anything stupid. So maybe a guy like Leonard Williams, who the Jets have really high hopes for as a player— can now, as a young man, who's actually been there longer than a lot of guys, even though he hasn't been there very long, he can step into a leader role and a leader position on the field. So maybe he's a guy who can now lead this new regime. He's been around the block. He's had Todd Bowles. He's had this staff. Maybe he's a guy you can look to. And I know it's just early reports. It's just OTAs, um, which Odell Beckham doesn't know much about. But (laughs) apparently Christian Hackenberg has not looked terrible. So maybe there's this little weird positivity that's going to come out of getting the old guys out and in with the new. So maybe it's a positive thing. It just
2: sucks for the Jets because players don't tank in football. Maybe by best for the coaches fo- fo- don't fo- tank. Football people. you can't tank and coaches, like, the bowl's not going to tank. It's his job. You can never have a head coach job again. It's a weird time because the front office is not saying, hey, we're going, to lose. we're going to win two games this year. But they're saying, hey, we're going to give the young guys a chance to develop. If we, If we lose, you know, it's not the worst thing. They want to win, obviously, but they're expecting that. They're expecting uh, to be Listen, there's no pressure to win. There's exactly. no
0: pressure on a quarterback. You don't have, you know, picture like the Browns. You got a team who, they've been making moves, and even though they're probably still bottom five team league, there's pressure on them to finally. We you know they have the new GM. They stole from the Mets. You know, you go, <laughs> you go out and you you're making moves with picks and players. You know, there's more pressure on the Browns and the Jets. I think that's a lot to say. The the Jets don't have to win this year. They probably don't have to win next year. All they have to do is starting to. Develop players and seeing who's their their next wave of talent is, and I think that's a better step than than we've seen other bad teams. I have a NFL. question:
2: if Hackenberg has a decent year. He's not even decent. Like you see him, you see it in him. Do you still draft quarterback? Sure.
1: Oh man. Well, I don't think there's any reason to even see Hackenberg playing this year. I mean, really? McCown's going to be the starter. McCown's the last year. three games. He'll, he'll last three games, but I mean, there's still going to be a battle then between Petty and Hackenberg, and Petty has been on a pro field before. Hackenberg's never been on a pro field. I think just so,
2: Hackenberg over Petty.
1: I don't know. It's tough to say. I mean, you know, I haven't seen much of Hackenberg. Obviously, no one has except anybody I mean, inside he starts the, at the least team. Ten games. Ten games. 10 game, yeah. Wow. I was. I would put the over. Yes, this is in
2: only. It's, you him a second round pick, and then you're not expected to win. Like you have to play this when you play on Yeah. Now or literally never. That's true, and I'm glad that you brought up the parallel to the Knicks. Not because I
1: wanted to think about the Knicks, but because the way you go about the rebuild, you said. When you're going to do it, do it. Go for it all out. Get rid of your veterans, bring in the new, and see what happens. The Knicks, on the other hand, do this thing that happens all the time every year for the past like five or six years where they get expectations just high enough to try to win every year. And every year, fans go, we should make the playoffs this year. And the Jets have been like that for the past, you know, since they haven't been making the playoffs. Ever since they made those two AFC Championship games, Jets fans have said, We got to be in the playoffs. We're a playoff team. We better be fighting for a wild card. We better be in this at the end of the season. This is the first year in a long time where Jets fans are going to say, I have no expectations. I'm not expecting any more than four or five wins, maybe, and that might even be pushing it. So I think it's going to be a positive year. I think as long as Todd Bowles probably won't be the coach next year, the year after, which I think is unfortunate because what does he have to win with right now? But overall, for the grand scheme of things, for Jets fans, I think it's a happy thing to. To see from your organization,
2: it's gonna be growing pains.
1: Yeah, definitely. All right, so that's enough on the Jets. Harris is gone, Decker's gone, life goes I've, on.
2: I have a quick, uh, not hot take, but a question. I don't Cowboys don't have a lot of room in their cast space, but Sheldon and Decker, like a second round pick, they have to do that, right? The Cowboys? Yeah. Yeah, I, sure. I think the Cowboys should get Decker regardless. I don't know how that would work, but I, yeah, that I sounds don't think like the minimum cap space. Decker to the Cowboys makes a lot
1: of sense. Lot of I mean, sense. that would be really good. short-handed. Sure
2: touch that machine when
1: he's healthy. Wow, that could be really good for Dak Prescott. Didn't think of that.
2: We'll see. We'll see how it goes. You, uh, you're not a or Jet fan. What do you feel about that? As an equal, as a fair observer, what are you a fan of? He's a big Steeler fan. Steeler guy. Oh yeah,
0: yeah. Oh. Um I think teams will be. A little hesitant to pick up Decker because of his health problems. Um, I don't know. I think I think the Cowboys need more defense. I would. I think the Wilkerson move makes more sense than going after Decker. Richardson.
1: Well, either way, either way. Oh, Richardson. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, interesting stuff for the Jets. Jets fans, you know, like we said before, not much expectations already. So don't get too upset about this move because it doesn't really mean much in the grand scheme of things. But let's move on, and I want to just do a minute or two. We'll each get a little point out on this. I know I have something to say specifically about this topic, and then we're going to go into baseball, into the Yankees, a little bit of Mets, and that'll be most of the show. But I have one more thing to say, and it's frustrating. So when were OTAs? A week ago? They started a week ago. Started maybe two weeks ago now, and Odell skipped. We all know this, right? And how come still today, a week removed, I'm still hearing rumblings of, Odell Beckham, is it going to affect the Giants? Is it going to affect the receiving core? I was listening to uh, ESPN Radio on my way to record this podcast, and a caller comes in and says, isn't Odell Beckham ruining his spot as the leader of the receiving core? It's going to affect the team in the season. No, it is not. There has been nothing to prove that this will affect Odell Beckham as a player come next year. This is a pointless storyline. There is no need to worry about these OTAs. We literally need Allen Iverson up in here to say, "We're not even talking about practice. We're talking about optional practice." He has the right to not go to this thing.
2: How many players missed the practice? You know,
1: uh, most people went like the first day. Like Olivier Vernon missed half of them, but he went to the first one, which you know Odell should have done. I'm not saying he should miss it. But if he wants to go and go to the NBA Finals games, it doesn't bother me, and it shouldn't bother you. And the same way the fact that he was on a boat before the playoff game, if that wasn't blown out of proportion a million times over, it wouldn't have affected him in the game, if you even thought it did, because I'm not buying it. Odell Beckham is a supreme athlete who every teammate he has says works as hard, if not harder, than anybody on the team. Let the man be the man. He's the biggest superstar personality in the NFL, point blank. Biggest shoe deal of any NFL player in the history. He's a special character. He is not just a football player. He's bigger than that. Let him do his thing. And if he shows up week one and he looks like trash, then you can complain. But until that happens, let the man be the man because he shows up on Sundays every single
2: week. It's a uh, dress comparison, but I played high school football, and OTA is really not about, like, voluntary you have to be there like oh. you want like coaches are there for a reason they're there for like, the whole training is there for a reason. i know what you're saying i agree with you but like it's the twist on it because everyone everyone's on the air if you get any foot, feet wet like, it shows like good like camaraderie with the team like it just it doesn't, have, doesn't have a good look i'm not saying it doesn't mean it doesn't mean anything it just doesn't look right oh, the, optics? Op- the optics are all right and just that you don't want that out of your now your your star player like you said your best player you just don't want those optics if I had a choice, I would say he should have showed
1: up to at least one or two. But, like I said, do you think this is going to affect him by the third week of actual camp? You said you played not, high school? Not
2: physically, but just or it's already creating a storm around him that you can easily avoid. it.
1: But that's, my, that's part of my point, is that the storm is being created around him. He's not creating a storm. Well he's, he not, is, he is, but he's not, not going. But he's not out there getting in any trouble. He's out there being a star. He's out there being a Hollywood presence. Which, you know, isn't the best thing in the world for the on-field product of him performing as a, a New York football giant. But that's who Odell Beckham is. And if the Giants want to get the most out of him, we need to accept that that's who he is.
2: I mean, you're right. There's like, there's like no, like, I don't think the are wrong right in this. There's, there's I think no if, if you like, right. the Giants need to have him there, you have every right to say that. If you're saying, like you say, hey, star, is not going to affect him come August, September, you're right too. Well, I'm really, really, Honestly, what you think? I'm glad how Ben McAdoo handled the situation because the first time they asked
1: him, he said, we coach the players who are here. I wish everybody was here, but we coach the players who are here. You have to say that. Then, wait, the, the next time they asked, which is now a couple days removed from him missing it, which is just ridiculous for this to even still be asked, he goes, I covered this last
0: time. I don't, I'm not talking about
1: it. Exactly how he
0: should handle it. I think there is one answer. It's the right answer, and that's Odell should be there. In about, say, three four years, Eli's going to be gone. The captain in the face of the New York Football Giants is Odell Beckham. Could you imagine if Derek Jeter skipped the first two weeks? I say
2: that. What other star players are doing? Is Antonio Brown I, missing?
0: Uh, I, I, I actually well,
2: don't know. You he know, was there.
0: I, I'm not saying that Odell Beckham is or has to be Derek Jeter because there won't ever be another Derek Jeter. But you're essentially... The face of the franchise for the next however many years you're playing football, you got to be there. It's you got to lead your team. You're setting an example for the young receivers. And without Victor Cruz, you're the next guy. You're you're the next leader in the receiving core, and you got to be there. I'm sorry, there's no and Ben McAdoo. He's re- respecting his players, and he's not standing them up, and he's not throwing them in the bus. Like Phil said, he's kind of got to say that because you're not going to rip them. The f- literally the first practice of the 2017-2018 the season, you, he's not going to create that type of storm. So I think Odell really has got to get his stuff together. He's got to be there. He's got to be at OTAs. They're not – these are voluntold. They're, for legal reasons, OTAs, but you got to be there. You, no, no offense or bucks.
2: You said for three, three four years he's the captain, the leader? I think he should be the leader now.
0: Eli's their guy. Eli's like their
2: guy, but like – He's the on-field presence. We don't have Eli. He's no mouth-breather, just cool. as con showing that much emotion. Odell is the going to the cameras on him. He is the leader. I think he's hands-down the guy. But he doesn't act like it. No, I mean, I
1: understand what you said. And like I said, he should be there. But I just know that two days after real camp starts, when they're actually in the full swing of things, that is a 100% complete afterthought To every single person in the Giants organization, except for all the reporters creeping outside practice. Oh, do you think, uh, Eli, did it feel weird throwing at Odell because he missed OTAs? No, actually, it felt completely normal because uh, it's the second day of camp and we forgot about that already. It
0: it is a story. It is all it is is just a story, but don't make it a story. Just be there, be with your team. And the reporters will have to say, oh, Odell had a great OTA today. He looks great. He's going to be the best receiver. Go to at least
2: year. one, a couple of them. If you want to go, he... go to finals of the game, okay. Absolutely. I'm not going to bet you for that. Listen, if you're Ol- like not going to one. Like I said. Traveling the country, act like, you know, biggest star on the planet. And your team, your all your teammates, your family practicing. Your brothers you are going to be fighting the field for the next four months, come September. And you're hanging out in Golden State. Like, that's a little off for me. Olivier Vernon went to the first one or two or the
1: first half or whatever, he, whatever he did and then missed. That would have been completely fine if Odell did that, and he should have done that, but still, non-story. Well, anyway, we got to move on. But before we do, just remember, Wooter Apparel, that's W-O-O-T-E-R, check them out at wooderapparel.com on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Wooter Apparel, number one spot for all customized jerseys and uniforms. All right. It's time for some baseball, huh? We went a little longer on the football segment there. It's all right. But it was, it was good. I, think it was, right. I thought it was good stuff. I agree. But now it's time to talk about the Yankees. And the number one thing I want to talk about is the pitching staff. Everybody thought, including myself, the pitching staff would be the one thing to hold the Yankees back. The only reason why they wouldn't win that many games because they were inconsistent, who you didn't know what you were going to get, and they are one of three teams in major league baseball, one of three to only have Five starting pitchers this year. One of one in the AL. And the only team in the AL, as Phil just added. Crazy. Think about that.
0: It's nuts. It's nuts. Two months ago, we were sitting here yelling because the Yankees had Who's no, their fifth no starter? Who's their
1: fifth starter? Crazy.
0: Wait, m- Out of control.
1: Mike, can you break down that for, for the listener? Because they may forget. The listener may have forgotten how the Yankees only had four yeah. starters about a day before
0: opening I'll bed. tell you what happened. It was Great. the first week of April. We were sitting in this basement. And you go on all the depth charts. And there's a blank slot in, in starter five. And it was... It was asinine. How did you know that we got to that point? And the only reason we couldn't win is because we didn't have pitching. They finally brought up Montgomery after because they needed to. And at some point, you figure out who's going down. Is it uh, Is it Sabathia with the knee? Is Tanaka going to have an elbow issue? Is Severino going to have to go to the bullpen? Is Pineda uh, going to be pinata? <laughs> and then all of a sudden, it's like, hey, everyone's good. We got our fifth starter. Let's roll with it. And sure enough, here we are. I think it's we're at around sixty games, something like that, right? Um, a little more than a, a third of the way through the season, and the Yankees are the only team they AL to use only five pitchers. In- incredible. It's it's truly incredible. And you think about the bullpen being weathered down without Chapman. You got everyone moved up a slot. At some point, it's going to take a toll. The starters, you know, Tanaka, he's been pitching not so great. He's in a slump. Right now, he's, uh, he's down 5-2 in the game. But he's giving you innings. He's going to pitch at least into the seventh. And at that, you know, if he's going to give up seven runs like he did against was it Toronto last week? Was it Toronto or Baltimore or whoever it was? Yeah. He still went into the seventh inning. You know, he's giving you the innings. He's so still,
2: He's still in the game now, I think, pretty
0: sure. He's, he's eating innings, you know. You don't got to worry about the the bullpen being being taxed. So, I, I'm shocked. I really am shocked that, especially through this point in the season, that there's only been five guys start for the Yankees.
1: And to just give a little more context to the whole, only three teams in the MLB have had this five starters so far this year. The other team is the Braves, and Bartolo Colon just got hurt, so they will be out of that category whenever his rotation spot comes up next. So there will be two teams, and it's the Yankees, and if you're going to pick Yankees National League, it's the St. Louis Cardinals. And the St. Louis Cardinals and the Yankees will be the only team in a week who have only used five starting pitchers. Cardinals are having a pretty solid year. Yankees are having a damn solid year. Consistency from your starting rotation is imperative, and Mets fans will be the first ones to tell you about that.
2: Now Tanaka's been struggling. It's kind of a best case, worst case scenario because he has an opt in or opt for three years, sixty-seven million more dollars. Now, if he's pitching like this, hopefully not for the Yankees' sake, we he's pitching Rocky from here on out. If he has a six-point, four-five-five ERA, you know, eight and eleven, like, worst case scenario, does he still opt out and hit the market, or does he say, "Hey, I take sixty-seven million." If his ERA is, His ERA
1: right now is 6.34. It will probably change uh, by the time you guys are listening to this. No, because uh, the game will be over. That is on as we speak. If he has a 6 ERA, there's no way he can opt out and get, and do better than that. In my opinion.
0: If so it's I'm, tough. It's really if, tough. Tough. if I'm Masahiro Tanaka, I got to weigh length and security. Opposed to being short-sighted and how much money you're going to make. However... I don't think he's getting anything more than... If he wants five years, he might get 15 a year at most. And I think with that being said, he'd opt in and, and take the three years, 22 a year, 21 a year. Yeah. And I think if that happens, that's the best case for the Yankees. You're getting at least a top three starter, who even though you're paying 22 a year, it's only three years. I, that's That's where you want to be. You want to give pitchers three years... Twenty to twenty five. I don't think any team for a pitcher like Masiero Tanaka would balk at that.
2: He's the highest paid player right now and will be next year, I'm pretty sure. Bad gone. What about Chapman?
0: Chapman? Chapman's
2: like million, 60 million He's at he's at in the twenties. So. Well, I don't
1: know. I think my gut tells me that Tanaka's gonna start figuring it out. I heard David Cohn on the Michael K show earlier talking about, you know, how much his splitter drops and apparently in his first year at the Yankees it was dropping one point five inches. And then last year it dropping 1.6. And this year it's about .6. So it's almost a full inch off of his splitter. So is that an arm pain issue? Is that a scared to get injured issue? Is he just losing it a little bit? It's bizarre. But he also, very interesting about Snaka, and if you watch him a lot, which you guys do probably more than me, you know that he tinkers with himself. Like He he fixes his change up. He fixes his two he seam. Sees- he'll, he'll change stuff up all the time. Maybe he's doing that too much. He's
0: too archy sometimes.
1: Maybe he just hasn't found it back yet. My gut tells me he's going to start figuring it out a little bit by a little bit. And in a couple of weeks, we're going to start saying, all right, Tanaka's back.
0: When would you want this to happen? In the April, May, June part of the season? Or the July, August, September part of the season? And I think if there's any time for him to be in a slump, where he's still a five 5-5, five, the Yankees are scoring enough runs for him to get the wins. And you know he's 6 RA it can only go down, you would think. But... I rather see it now, let it get worked out. He's gonna keep pitching. He's not the pitcher that you get the phantom injury. He's not getting sent down. He's not skipping starts. He is, he is going into the season. He's your ace. He's not pitching like ace right now, but if you're starting, if you're starting a a, play, a wild game, a playoff game right now, a wild card game, who are you throwing on the hill? I'm going Tanaka. Some people might say Severino. I'm going Tanaka right now. I'm exa-
1: I'm ecstatic that you
0: just brought that up. What actually. a segue. That was – you didn't even know. Just so the
1: listeners can hear this real quick. I pulled up an article on sportsblognewyork.com written by one of our own. His name is Anthony. Check it out. First article on the page as we speak. I just pulled it up and Mike cannot see my screen. And the title of the article is, Don't Look Now, But Luis Severino Is the Yankees Ace. So that was the question I was going to pose and you basically brought it up. You you, you gave me a soft toss. Teed it up. You gave me a soft toss and I hit it out of the short porch. Luis Severino – has been the ace of the Yankees staff this year. Look at the numbers and watch his performance on the field. If you look at me, um, I try to be unbiased. I'm a Mets fan. I don't root against the Yankees, even though you Yankee fans really piss me off sometimes. I'm throwing Severino out there if it was tomorrow. If it was this week, you need one win. How are you not throwing this guy out there? He's been electric. His whip is only 1.07. That's a ridiculous stat right there. That means he's not walking, guys. He's controlling the ball. He's controlling the game. And he's giving the team a chance to win every single time, be, and It would
2: be a weird dynamic because Joe Girardi is very his veterans a lot. Mm. He's also buying Joe. He's going to that, that big staff book. He's saying, who, who's my guy right now? As you just mentioned, Severino stats, you know, they paint the picture. It's black and white. Who's the best picture in the Yankees' right now is Luis Severino.
1: Anyway, let's think about this. So who are the two guys we talked about early on in the year who you just had no idea what you were going to get? Luis Severino and Michael Pineda. Severino. Two most consistent players. 76 strikeouts, 16 walks. Pineda, 67 strikeouts, 15 walks. That is something that you couldn't imagine before the season started.
0: He's never been pinata. We threw the pinata away this year. He's been Michael Pineda. the, he's been the guy pitch of
2: the year with the home run.
0: He's been the guy that you traded Jesus Montero for. <laughs> this this was the pitcher you wanted. And the long balls are up, but if you keep them in solo home runs, they're not going to kill you. That If you're going to strike out eight a game and give up two solo home runs, you know? You, you live and die by that.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's a good point. I mean, quality starts are a stat that's still semi-new to all baseball fans. But Severino and Pineda both have seven out of eleven quality starts, and goddamn, you can't ask for much more than that.
2: Is Severino? A, I don't know the rest of the AL landscape, but is he a sneaky All-Star pick? It's a manager's choice, so he's going to be um, Terry Francona's choice. Sneaky All-Star pick, yeah. I
1: mean, if the Yankees are in first place in the division, Need a bl- blow three ERA. How are you not going to take the best pitcher on? A division leading team. If the Yankees are leading the division, I mean Chris Sale is obviously all star. That guy yeah. has been lights out this year. Strikes out ten games. It's gonna be Sale, you are only really locks. Oh, they're locks. And after that, it's uh, you know, you maybe still choice if you want to throw out Paxton from Seattle, but he got banged up, so yeah. it's tough. I mean, Keigel Severino has his puncher, punchers change. Team. Oh, he said Keigel already. Sale, yeah, are so
2: locks. locks, McCullers, McCullers probably a lock too. Great.
1: Oh, I've before we segue, I have another uh, point to bring up real quick. I saw a graphic which I thought was crazy today. Houston Astros. It said yes insane, or no. Insane. Can you? Will they beat the Seattle Mariners' 116 wins record? Isn't it a little too early for that? A little early for that. Well, that's
2: classic media. But I mean, they're on, they're on pace too. But baseball, you know, you can all fall apart in a week.
0: Right now, the Mariners, excuse me, the Astros are on pace. They're about three or four games off. from What I saw from the '98 Yankees, and the Mariners had a better record than that team. So we're still early. They're not playing, you know, 11 in a row, impressive. The best team in baseball right now, impressive. Let's see where they are around the All-Star break, and then we can maybe go back to that. I
2: have a serious question. Um, I think I have a good memory. Was it years ago when the ESPN, like, 2017 World Series champs, Houston Astros? I'm pretty sure it was, they picked this year. It was like when they were using, like, GM just came over, totally rebuilt. Oh, when they really and they, when they, like, oh, the After being twenty look at them now. I'm, I'm, sure, if them right now, I'm, I'm sure if they do that right
1: now. I'm sure if they had that,
2: they're gonna brag about it a lot.
0: So we'll find out. I got a question. If you date back to the wild card game, old decrepit Yankees look like they're nosediving. You know, getting shut out three nothing by the up and coming, red hot. Wow, this is the team of the future, Astros. Did you ever think the Yankees would be where they are now, a year and a half later, two years later? Absolutely not. And any Yankee fan or any per- fan who tells you yes, they're lying. Yeah, it's
1: because just look at the Yankees from a year ago and a, mo- a year and a month ago. They had Carlos Beltran on the squad who was their best hitter. They had a bunch of older uh, older folk on the team, uh, you didn't see this rebuild, and you didn't see it happening this quick. This was a June
2: twenty fourteen, baseball trade experiment, uh, Sports Illustrated um, cover. The seventeen World Series champs, Houston Astros. Wow, and George Springer on the cover. That's before Correa, before Keiko was the name, before McCullers, before Altuve, and now George Springer had what, like eight home runs in a row uh, <laughs>
1: in the past couple of weeks yeah, or something yeah, like
2: good. that. So it's crazy how, like, we had those expectations. And they, they got hot, like you said, in the Walker game. They, they kind of jumped the uh, Cubs in the doing Now Now they're hitting their full stride, I expected. Exactly. Because exactly. they had a down year last year. What yeah. do you think
0: was their jump? Because last year, Keiko was not the pitcher he was yeah. when he won the Cy Young, nor that he is now. Could have been the pitching. Maybe just the pitching was healthy. The 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 players, the hitting was still there. You know, you have Altuve, you know, vying for the batting title every year. I, I think it's the pitching just being pitching. healthy. And I think that's every baseball team. And I think next year, when the Mets, all five pitchers are healthy, they're going to be... You know, and and the chase for the NL pennant again. This year, the Yankees are the only other team, you know, after tonight, aside from the Cardinals, that every starting pitcher hasn't missed a game. Their pitching's keeping it. The pitching defines a team's success, and as long as you have healthy pitching, if you can keep a core nucleus, you'll be in it every other year. Or as long as your pitching's healthy.
1: And I think another thing to throw on the Astros is they brought around a couple of veterans. I mean, you got Josh Reddick playing. And a lot of people thought Josh Reddick was done two years ago after he left Oakland. Yeah. Who knew that he was going to be a key contributor on such a good team? I mean, they they brought in a couple other guys poach, off the top of my head. Coach two uh,
0: Yankees, Beltran, McCann. Yeah,
1: Beltran, McCann, and you got Evan Gaddis as DH catcher platoon. They're they're deep. Other than Correa, Altuve,
2: Springer, who you hear about all the time, they got other just quality players. And last year, Correa had a he, he, Correa was like a high value pick last year. I remember fantasy was like a top ten pick. he had a great year last year. He had a good year, was as expected now he's hitting, no, as, as he should be, Another more one pick. as one of the best prospects we've seen in the last five years. Now he's hitting destroyed. But I think his coming around is definitely one of the major factors of their, their early run here. Yeah, well, Astros are the team
1: to watch. But this is the Sports Blog New York Podcast. Check us out iTunes, Apple Podcast App, and Google Play. And please, if you like what you've been hearing, don't forget to leave a rating or review and tell your friends. The ratings and review on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, App, Google Play mean a ton to us, so we appreciate everybody. He'll take, you know, 30 seconds to go on there, give us some stars. Write what you think about the show. We definitely will appreciate it. And if you leave a review and we see it on iTunes, we'll give you a little shout-out. We'll tell you what we think about you. Make up a little story. Have some fun with it. But thank you for listening, as always. But we're not done yet. we got some stuff to talk about still with the Yankees. I, I Off my top of my head, i got two things that I really want to talk about. And we'll touch on the Mets just a little bit before we go as well. Now, the thing I want to talk about, I want to shout-out my man, uh, JJ After Dark, on the fans. That's so need- great. Anybody who listens to the fan, John Jaskramski, he's been grinding. He's, actually been, he's been doing all sorts of times lately, but uh, we actually, I think some of us actually know him. Can we get him on, maybe? I mean, maybe I'll, I'll shoot him a text. I'll see if he'll come on the pod. I don't think he listens, so he's not going to hear this. JJ, you're the big uh, man. Let's do he's, it. He's, he's, really, he's real busy. Uh, but he, I heard him last night talking about something that was very interesting, and he had a Red Sox reporter on the show, on the fan, which is a bold strategy, if you will. But they got to talking, and they're talking about the old rivalry – from the late 90s, the early 2000s, the rivalry that we grew up with, with Pedro Martinez, Manny Ramirez, David Ortiz, Veritek, all these guys against Jeter and... Clemens. Clemens, oh my God. All these guys, even when Randy Johnson was around, it was still crazy. And there was fights and there was beanballs happening. And the coaches didn't like each other. The players didn't like each other. Fans couldn't stand each other. But now we sit here in 2017. And in the past, you know, 14 years... Red Sox have more championships, and no, and nobody has won in, a, in the past couple of years. So now we sit here with this rivalry that feels forced at times for me. I'm a Mets fan. I'm, I don't care. I, don't, I root for the Red Sox, honestly, but I don't really care. But I'm looking at the Yankees-Red Sox rivalry, and they're playing right now as we speak. It doesn't feel as intense as it once did. And now I want to ask you guys as Yankee fans, because the way they were talking about it last night, JJ and his guy from Boston— You look at, as a Yankee fan, you look at the Red Sox now. Who do you hate? Who really gets your blood boiling? When you look at Xander Bogarts, he's a cool young player, from my opinion. How do you not like him? How do you hate him? Mookie Betts, same thing. Young, athletic, stud, does it all on the field. What's the hate about him? The only guy still around from that era is Dustin Pedroia. Big poppy has gone. Yankees were supposed to hate him. These pitchers, Chris Sale just became a Red Sox now. You could have liked him for his whole career. What, are you just going to hate him all for nothing? And I think act. it's the same thing for Red Sox fans when they see Aaron Judge. What is not to like about Aaron Judge? And that's why this rivalry is in this weird, it's like a limbo place where no one really hates each other, but they still hate each other.
2: How do you guys feel about this? Okay, one thing that will cure all wounds, a wild card game. That would cure, that will bring it right back up, I think. We were kind of on track for it. I mean, it could can happen, could not happen. Hopefully Yankees win the division to so avoid that. But can you imagine a wild card game at Fenway or Yankee Stadium? I think that will send the right back where it needs to be. One game, Chris Sale versus Masahiro Tanaka.
1: Oh, so, oh Luis Severino. Or Luis Severino. <laughs> <laughs> one game, winner goes to the playoffs, other one goes home. That
2: could bring it back. Yeah, but I agree. Like I like, I like Bogarts in fantasy. Like, in fantasy yeah, I mean, I try to get him. Mookie, Mookie's hard to, hard to hate Mookie. Uh, name him. Uh, Benettoni, because maybe I hate him. He's it's there.
0: incredible how you find hard to hate these people. I hate them all. I despise. You. As soon as you don a Red Sox jersey, I despise you. It's my least favorite team. I will never root for them. I won't even pick any one of my fantasy. I won't even look at them on a on my road to the show. My my Diamond Dynasty team. I don't want any Red Sox on my team. I hate them. They're the worst. I, I Chris Sale. Oh yeah, he was okay. And you know, didn't really care for much And as a White Sox, now he's a Red Sox. No, nah, no thanks. Yeah, I
2: can't like him. But like-
0: David Price, I love when he's on the hill. I want to pound him for hits a game. I, it gets me. Going when the Yankees beat up on David Price. Craig Kimbrell, loved him on the Braves. Hate him as soon as he got traded to the Red Sox. Pedroia, dirtbag, disgusting. <laughs> I, I, I hate them all, and it's crazy because, you know, the intensity, like you said, isn't there. I get it. You know, the, a few low years, the Red Sox, you know, went off to win the World Series, or the Yankees want to make the playoffs. It's going to get going soon now that both teams are 1-2, and two. and it's going to take one hit-by-pitch. It's going to take Chris Sale, uh, the, the nut job, hitting someone. The Yankees are right back. You don't think everyone's gonna go on the hill and throw 98 and someone's hit? I I think it's I think it's just gonna pop off come come when it heat's up in July August September, it's gonna be right back to where it is and you're gonna be looking back saying I can't believe I can't believe I like Xander Bogarts. I'm um, Phil. I I can't believe I liked uh, Mookie Betts on my fantasy team. It, it, you're gonna be you're gonna be sick to your stomach.
2: I think he kind of died visually when A-Rod retired. Who was that pitcher who um, hit the home run off of Ryan Dempster? Yeah, that was like the last great moment. And the hit him, and then he hit him run right the next at bat. because well, the, the next Ray day, whatever whatever it was.
0: You know, there wasn't any big yeah. moments because there weren't any big moments to have. And now, the game's gonna be a little more meaningful. We're fighting for first place. You know, it, it's gonna get going, and I don't see any reason to even remotely like the Red Sox. Well,
2: become we August, September, these meaningful games now even are even more meaningful, and you know that that intensity will pick up. Part of my thought process behind this whole
1: thing you guys might not like to hear. So hear me out for a second. Part of the reason why there was so much hatred between the Yankees and the Red Sox was because Be what 86 years for the Red Sox to win. And they were always the little brother trying to beat up the big bad Yankees and get over them that one time. Just beat them once. And they finally did it with that epic 3-0. Th- you know, everybody, I don't want to give you guys too much PTSD right now. But the epic 3-0 comeback... We and were, then they we win the World at, Series. you we
2: were at Game, of that game 2, he we was at Game 7, so we, we know how it feels.
1: Start, well, I'm bringing that out because I think it's necessary. But wait, it goes on. So then there's one. The Red Sox finally get a shot on Big Brother. Then the Red Sox win another World Series. Then the Red Sox win another World Series. I don't feel the resentment from Boston. I feel like there's not much more for them to prove to have this huge chip on their shoulder when they come to New York anymore. They've done their job. Now they look at you as equals.
2: They're not scared of the Yankees anymore. Spin doctor. That should make it even more fun. Now we're like both equals. Well,
1: honestly, the Red Sox passed the Yankees in the past 15 years. Red Sox have been a better organization. Better team. They've won three championships. The Yankees got one in 9 I get it. Red Sox are no longer little brother. At this point in time, they're kind of big brother.
0: The... Sorry, Aaron Hicks just almost parked one, but from this angle, it wasn't even close. So, um, if you look in the last 10 years, the Red Sox got us. Last 20 years, even. It's small time frame, but if you kind of dissect it in the last, let's say, in 2017, since 2010, the Red Sox have one World Series, right? Mm-hmm.
2: The
0: Yankees have zero. There's been other teams that have come up and overshadowed the, the Yankees and the Red Sox. They're not the perennial... You know, going for the ALCS, going for the World Series teams like we saw in the 2000s. In the 2000s, it was Yankees, Red Sox, ALCS. Yankees, Red Sox, you know, in the division series, one of them is going to fight for the AL pennant. So, it's been other teams coming up, kind of, the Yankees. like I said, you're sick of seeing ESPN, Sunday Night Baseball, Yankees, Red Sox, four and a half hours. That's, you know, I get that. But
1: who's sick of that? Isn't that what you rate? Isn't that what you want?
0: In a 2011 game where Chris Stewart's behind the dish and you know maybe you got uh, uh, Vernon Wells in left field, you know, I could do without it. Now <laughs> 2017, Vernon Wells getting some shade. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Vernon, if you listen to this, <laughs> I hope he does. Right. Um, 2017, you got the fresh blood, you got the Red Sox new core, you got the Yankees new core. It's gonna take a couple series. A couple, you know, maybe a playoff, you know, not a wild card. That would be pretty crazy. ALCS would be even crazier. Hit by pitch in September, you know. LCS we're like fully back.
1: We're fully back. I think the point you just brought up is really important. These young cores have they don't know each other well enough yet. They're babies. What they babies. what happened yesterday for you guys listening today for us speaking? David Ortiz was praising Aaron Judge, said great things about him. No thanks. But can you like can you imagine after a playoff series? Mookie Betts, Xander Bogarts, still getting along with Aaron Judge? No way. Not, no chance in France, we, as I like to say. You,
0: you play these teams, what, 15 times? Your division opponents playing about 19, 19 times. You're telling me you're going to play them 19 times a year for the next five years, and you're going to like them, and you're going to be shaking hands and taking pictures. No, it doesn't work like that. Just look at, look at the Blue Jays. You know, they were winning for a little bit, and now they're one of the most hated teams in the league. I hate the Blue Jays. I hate the Blue Jays. I hate the Orioles. I hate the Rays because they beat us, not because I just dislike them. Because they, we just can't go into the trap meters I hate all my division opponents. Same thing in football. Same thing in hockey. I just, you play a team uh, uh, for a, a very large time of, across your season. I just can't, I can't come, I, come to, to root for them at all. Not
2: to so. don't hate our boys, Jeter and Mariano, but them getting the farewell tours kind of put like it to ease a little bit. Now like, you know, fans are cheering them. They're getting these gifts. Big Poppy gets the an ovation and gets like that kind of put a real damper on the whole rivalry as a whole. Now we're not getting that anymore at all. So maybe that kind of set it back, but now these new bugs set it back forward.
1: I really thought I was going to get you guys going more with saying that the Red Sox passed the Yankees. You guys
2: didn't really get you, Look, we, you, we we kinda it. Cool. We kind of kept it. We kind of know it. For now, like for the last 10 years, you're right. Yeah, you, you can
0: you're, bringing up, you're bringing up 2004 LCS. Like I'm, I'm going to break down over here. I have a, <laughs> a, a mental breakdown <laughs> on the corner. I was at the game as an adolescent with my father, and Johnny Damon's parking it over the wall, tears streaming down my face, I hate the Red Sox. I hate them. There's two teams I hate. The Mets are two. The Red Sox are one. The only reason I hate the Mets less is because the Red Sox I play 19 times a year. And I just cannot stand them. They're gross. I hate gross. the Mets more. I They're with disgusting. To be honest with you, I hate, Mets I hate, aren't I hate, that good for me to hate them that I much. Hate them. I hate them. You know, I went to
1: Red Sox-Yankees opening day. Randy Johnson's first game as a Yankee. And I wore a Kaz Matsui jersey. You're an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, I, was like, I was like what, 12 years old maybe. I don't know. Some fans yelled at me, and then somebody was like, hey, he's just a kid. Leave him alone. I was like, ah, flip him off. Um, but anyway, I think it's interesting, and I'm excited as a non-Yankee fan, non-Red Sox fan, that these two young cores have so much to look forward to because let's be honest. The MLB is better when this rivalry is pumping, when this rivalry is going ham, and it's intense, and everybody's enjoying it. Everybody wins, except for whatever team loses between Red Sox and Yankees. But the rest of the league, Mets fans, I don't really care. I kind of root for the Red Sox because screw you guys. But when, those, when that rivalry is heated up, everybody's watching it. So I think Moody
2: has some hot questions come real quick.
0: Yeah, I a mean, uh, couple, uh, couple things I've been thinking about lately. We talk about Glaybar coming up soon. He's probably the best prospect in baseball right now, number one prospect, who hasn't touched major yet. Um, I know we consider Benintendi a slow uh, prospect, right?
1: Judge. Benintendi, they're they're in the league. They're in the league. They're not prospect. So, prospects so,
0: so prospect who hasn't played a major league game yet, safe to say, We're still cooking. They're
2: still
0: cooking. Is, still baking. Glaber is is number one. Uh, my question is, when do you call him up? The Yankees are pretty, pretty grateful to be in first place right now and not have to rush their players. They have the opportunity to let the people, let the kids in the minors grow. Chance Adams, you know, he's probably imagine he's he's probably the first guy up right now if there was an injury in the rotation. But do you, how long does Chase Headley have until you call Glaybar up? Is it as long as the Yankees keep winning? Is it un, until you want you know he just is batting his weight? When do you when do you have to make that move? Well, what happens if Torres gets some spot starts and continues to do what he did in the beginning of the year? Do you? Are you okay with starting Torres when you have Torres in the minor leagues?
1: I think you... I don't know. I think you kind of want to keep Torres down a little bit longer. It it really depends on does the organization think he's ready to play every day. Because he's not going to come up and not play every day. Agreed. So, if they start plugging Torres in, getting him some spot starts, him and Headley Platoon, and Torres starts just taking that job, it's going to be his until he shows he can't do it. So, I don't know. It depends how the Yankees play it. I don't see the Yankees pulling the trigger on Torres right now. Well, It'll be after the All-Star break, in my opinion.
2: I think, well, first, think about the, um, the dates with the whole you know, years of service. Coming up real soon. Yeah, so that's, that's probably a factor. I my mean, passed the super two, a second, something like that, but there's another day coming up. That's a big factor. Two, I think that the All-Star game is definitely maybe the, the point where you go, if they was ready, and the Yankees are contending like they are now, and they need to improve their team, that's the number one priority, to put the team and win more games. That's the number one priority. I, in the beginning of the year, I said, Leave the Claymore down the whole year if we're mailing 500, if we, you know, we're up and down. But now, right, if it's halfway past, past July, you know, we are where we are, hopefully. And we need to prove our team, and it's a no brainer. When,
0: as a Yankee executive, do you say, This team is no longer rebuilding, this team is contending? When are you okay with saying, This isn't fluke kidding, this is real offense, we have poor guys with Castro and Judge and Sanchez and the veteran presence in Holiday, you have Dee hitting and you have Hicks hitting. When do you say, you know what, we have to maybe start thinking about flipping the script. We're not sellers. We're not rebuilding anymore. Not to say you're going to trade all your prospects away, but when do you start saying, yeah, maybe we can go get a front end starter. Is it all-star break? Is it is it this month, June? Because at some point you can't think, yeah, this is just fluky. You know the pitchers pitching well. You got to make that decision. Is it? It's got to be by the it's the trade deadline too.
2: I think it's fifty wins near the All Star
1: game. I think the All Star break is the easy one to say because it's just a it's a it's a literal break, right? But the Yankees started off what twenty nine and some twenty
2: was twenty one like twenty two and eleven like, like 20,
1: something like that. Yeah. But in their last twenty four games, I think it was they're eleven and thirteen, and then if you include last night, which didn't happen yet, you guys know the results. They're losing right now. So let's say. 11 and 14 in their last 25 games. i got to say they're going to win this game tonight. All right, so, <laughs> so it's going to we'll, be 12 and 13. 12 and, 12, 12 and 13, yeah. So we'll say 12 and 13. I think they have to duplicate successful baseball from this another 25 games. So if they go 11 and 13 again, maybe you play it a little bit slower. But if they go, you know, even even 14 and 12. 25. If they, if they go on any sort of positive run where they're continuously – gaining ground above 500, it's time. Make the playoffs now because all it takes is making it sometimes, and you make a run that
0: you never saw coming. Yeah. You, right now they're 10 over, and I got to think if you stay at 10 over, 10 to 15 over, even like if you drop to 9, 8 over, that's when you say we could use another guy to help this out. Yeah. We if use you go to down to 5 over, you say, all right, let's, uh, let's, a see, where let's see where what, we're it at.
2: It depends who's behind you too, how far they are behind you.
0: Yeah.
1: How do to got behind you? It's going to be tough because the Orioles are right there. The Red Sox, I think, are only getting better. They've been
0: hitting them later. T- Toronto is 28-30. Yeah,
2: you know.
0: And they're in last place. The Rays, who shouldn't even be in this conversation, are a game under 500, five hundred, five and a half and a half out. The AL East, once again, is the best division in baseball. Every team is right around five hundred. It's not an easy win. Like I said before, I hate going in the trap. It's this little barn. They have our number, man. I it's, think they're only team over
2: five hundred in the like five years. Six years you got Everlong
0: Longoria killing us. You got Chris Archer. It's just not – I hate going in the trap, and that's everywhere. Go Last week we played the Orioles. This weekend we played Toronto, took two out of two, You know we split. It's just it's, – it's a tough division to play I, in. I feel
2: like a playoff series a little bit. It was pretty
0: intense. I think we should have won the games we lost. Yeah, that, yeah.
2: that Sunday game was
0: tough. All right, well, this
1: is the Sports Block New York Podcast. Hope you guys have been enjoying this episode. I'm here with Phil Mail, Mike Palmasano, and I'm Peter Kennedy. We're touching, we're touching your mats a little bit? Oh, we're going to touch them. But before you do that, all we're going to do... Is we're going to remind you about our presenting sponsor, Wooter Apparel. That's W-O-O-T-E-R apparel.com. Check them out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Wooter Apparel. Or go to sportsblognewyork.com, click on the podcast tab, and that new article of this episode will have a nice link to their Instagram, their website, the whole nine. Customized jerseys, two to three weeks, full, fully sublimated, full design, Everything you can imagine for for your team and your apparel. Well, yeah, let's talk about the Mets a little bit. We got another five minutes left on the podcast. Uh, that's all the Mets deserve. They hardly deserve five minutes, if you ask me. Because as a Mets fan, every time they have a series where they say win two out of three, or damn, they win three out of four, and you say, all right, you know what? We're hitting okay right now. The Grom just is, is being semi-consistent. Harvey, eh, not really consistent. All He's been pretty bad. But then Gesellman has two good starts in a row, and you just hope Mass comes back, Lugo's coming back soon. You hope that you're going to get something going. You hope you're going to get some wins in a row. You hope you're going to win a couple series in a row. But as soon as they win one, they kick you back three steps. And it's impossible to really con- – like, it's impossible at this point for me so, to be optimistic. It's a sad, sad
0: life as a Mets fan. I don't I don't want to be one bit.
2: Literally, if we had this conversation um, beginning of April, we ble- we bleed out the names – I always said, consistent from Tanaka, two, games, two wins out of Pineda, two wins out of Severino. Now, the, the, the script's totally flipped. Here's, it's funny. It, it's,
0: it's, what a world. Here's the, uh, the bottom line. Any baseball team that you take away, your best hitter, your best starting pitcher, and your closer, that's it. Uh, what else are you going to do? That's the trifecta. You're uh, Try to
2: make lemonade out of rocks. Like, is that going to work?
0: You know, a Cespedes, he keeps getting pushed back a couple of weeks here and there. These legs, his legs, man. I don't
2: know. The Mets training staff is like,
0: I don't know how much like longer, know. you know, you're gonna see a high quality player out of Cespedes if he can't get his legs going. Syndergaard, did he bulk up too much in the off season? Is it just con? You know, it was his turn. It was his guy to to get the arm hurt. And and Jerry Pham, he's just, he's not the guy. He's well, not I the mean, closer that you really. He
2: also has blood clots now, yeah. which is just a scary thing for yeah. his health, his you know well being. It's Crazy, yeah, like a closer to ice fans, not long. It makes you really appreciate Mariano. Yeah, like. He's clothes come and go, it feels like. Now, do they have familiarity to that list? Absolutely. I wanted to
1: mention something about Syndergaard. So, before he actually got hurt, it felt like he wasn't even having that good a year. It felt like he was having an average year. But listen to this. My man Syndergaard had 32 strikeouts and two walks. He only walked two batters in 27 innings. In five starts, he had four quality starts. He had a three-two-nine ERA. He was doing... On his terms, average. That wasn't and that's knock. a really good <laughs> start of the season. So, like you said, you lose your best hitter, your best pitcher, your
2: best bullpen player. How the hell are you going to keep up? And all the injuries in between that. And then, exactly the Walker, the Cabrera, um, somehow, I'm missing somebody. Uh, Don't do tr- Now I want to I want to ask
1: you guys as semi-biased Yankees fans, because you know so, Mets fans, we need to hear it how it needs to be said. Sometimes we're 24 and 31. If Matt and Lou would come back, the ground continues to be solid. What are the odds they could even come close
2: to sniffing wild card? What's the Wildcard things right now? Who's in it? Brewers, a Brewers for real. The Reds get hit, but they're kind of dying down. Diamondbacks team for real. Dodgers and Rockies. The West is your biggest um, yeah. obstacle. The Rockies,
1: Dodgers, and Diamondbacks are the three best teams. Oh, on the National, I'm not even counting Nationals. Nationals are going to run away with the division. Rockies, Dodgers, and Diamondbacks are three really good teams. One of them is going to win division, and right now it looks like two of them are going to win the wild card, and they're all nine plus games above five hundred. And the Mets are, you know, seven games as, below five hundred. That as, is a tall ladder to climb.
0: As a petty, petty Yankee fan, I love it. This this is my this is my dream come true. This is great.
2: You kind of got to hope that the AL beats up in each other, the NLF beats up as, each other.
0: As an unbiased, um person on a podcast who is trying to put my penis on the side. I feel bad for the Mets. Terry's probably going to get fired, it's not really his fault. He's, he's like, also not helping himself, but yeah. You know what? At, at this point, there's not much you could do. Like I said, we there's no there's no pitchers coming up. You have Pill who eh, he's going to give you the innings. He has he, no choice. If he goes 5 and gives up 2 runs, you know, like that's who, what you'll who, be happy. Who could the Mets trade for? They're really in a tough spot and until they get healthy this season is just kind of going to go, go by the wayside. And then, luckily for the Mets, it's just getting the health back together. And not to say that you throw the season away now, but, you know, you, you try to try to get back this year. If you can't do it, it's not like your window is totally closed. You still have next year with Michael Conforto, who is actually the one guy in the Mets I do like. He is really awesome. He's not Aaron Judge. Don't insult me by comparing the two. But he is... <laughs> Really good, and I am excited to see how he becomes uh, the next the next face of the Mets.
1: I agree man. Now, do you like him because you actually like him, or is it because you just traded for him in fantasy?
0: Well, I wouldn't have traded in fantasy unless I liked him. Okay. Like I said, I don't look at any Red Sox. I didn't. I had the fifth, sixth pick in my draft this year, and I was praying Chris Bryant was there because I would not take Manny Machado. I would not take Josh Donaldson. I would not take Mookie Betts. I would not be able to roof any of those guys in my fantasy team this year. I would have taken... Uh, Kershaw is the number one pick. I probably would have taken the next best pitcher. I, I wouldn't be able to do it. Hey, but I, I respect your fanhood, man. I really do. How could you do it? How could you you know, even when I'm watching LB tonight and it's the Red Sox out west, they're playing the A's or something like that. I'm a big A's guy that night. You know, you got Toronto and Seattle, who well, actually I just visited Seattle. I visited Safeco Field, it was awesome. Humble- yeah? Humble but- so now humble, eye travel, Greg. Now, <laughs> now I'm now I'm, a, I'm a uh, Seattle Mariners fan. So I, I I would root for all those teams over the a- AL East. Mariners are cool. Oh yeah, James
1: Paxton's stud. Um, all right. So I have a question too. It's regarding the NL Central. Cubs two games above 500 right now, and they've struggled to be two games above 500. Do you guys feel comfortable saying they're going to figure it out and win the division with ease? 100. Um,
2: it's hard to not like, say they're not going to do it with missing Fowler, they're missing Chapman. The pitching came to not as from last year, so they definitely you know, aren't the same team as last year just by numbers and their bodies, but they won 100, 100 games last year, 97 games last year. Mm-hmm. So like it's hard to say they're not gonna do it, but yeah, as our uh, boy Big Cat said, he went and he peeked into the panic room. He he looked, he looked at the button like he there no reason to be worried, but if you, like, you also brings down the tell and tell, end of July they're meddling 500. It's going to be the Cubs what's going on here. The Cubs
0: just won their first World Series in over a century. Cubs. I think they could live with being yeah. in the first place two years over five hundred with the pitching staff pitching nowhere as it was did last year. we were talking about it earlier, their best, the worst ERA last year in the staff was John Lackey at three and change. Now their best ERA is John Lester at high high three, three eight three nine. So that right there, you know, the the pitching is going to have to come around for them to. Even think about contending again, but they're not going to have an issue getting into the playoffs. I don't think there's any team that could really match up with their bats. They could have the reigning MVP. They got Zobrist, then they got Rizzo. They got Schwarber. Schwarber's not like 170. Yeah, yeah it, it'll go up. he will go up. Schwarber, I I don't think I think Madden plays with him too much. He's got him batting leadoff sometimes. He's got him batting. Lead. He's got to just let him be. Let him hit. Put him put him right in the power slot. They'll hit. They'll be. They'll be just fine. If they regress to the mean,
1: like I love, I'm a big fan of that term because I think it really holds true. The ebbs and flows of seasons and players' uh, careers. If they regress to the mean, they're going to be. They're going to be fine. They're going to win that division. But I have one more thing to say. And Phil said this before the podcast. How hard
2: is it to add a name to the All Star ballot? It would take a junior designer 15 minutes to put a Michael Conforto in that ballot. For them to add
1: it's one that, that punch
2: anymore, it's not punching holes. And at least t- on computer.
1: Go ahead, say that. Oh, you said a president that you should add anybody. Well, if somebody is clearly deserving to be in the conversation for an All Star, they damn should be added to the ballot. It is absurd. It is ridiculous. The only thing Mets fans can be happy about this year is Michael Conforto, and we can't even vote for him. Easily on the All Star ballot. I've been writing him, him in every day. When a, I don't even vote for All Star. When usually. a
2: player is clearly going to be out for the All Star game, take him off the ballot. Take him off. Take him off the ballot. Travis not to be an All Star. cannot be an All Star. playing the game.
1: Is that like some BS unwritten rule or something? Like, I, I don't get it. It should be so simple to just add Conforto in. He's clearly one of the top outfielders, not just in the NL but in the league. He's a top outfielder right now. The whole, Let's I, get him on the freaking ballot. The whole
0: voting system has to be rehauled and rethought about because there's no reason Jacoby Ellsbury. Should be able to be in vote for. He wouldn't even be an all star if he was healthy. He's not healthy. He can't be an all star. I only roll, roll for him because I go Yankees down the list. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm the guy that's wrong with the voting system. It's got to be. It shouldn't be starting that early. It should be starting right around now. Now, yeah. This is what June is when you think about all stars. Give him six weeks to vote. I you know it's not fair to the players because there are some guys who you know they have bonuses, but. They looked forward to this, you know, they, and you got some, you know, remember a few years ago, the Royals just, you know, they were all starting in the All-Star game because yep. Royals were, Royals crazy that year. It's got to be thought about a little different, but I am happy that after a very long time of liking the All-Star game, choosing the World Series winner, after seeing last year the Cubs should have had Game 7 home, that switched me, I'm very happy this year is just an all-regular All-Star game. Well, I think that's
2: what I did with the All-Star game, but also, like, I, I never used to be fan-voting, because now, like, I'm getting ahead of myself, like... The, the Hall of Fame and like it, it comes to a place I can see of games also I can see it, yeah, yeah, it, should, it should become to like a fan vote me and you if a player deserves that year the general managers the managers even players they they will you Just know give the fans gain, a, gain those games the right, the right players to be in there should be a fan voting give the fans a percentage like they do in other
1: leagues I mean the coaches the GMs the players and the fans you each got a little bit alright but that's all we have for today but real quick game 3 Cavs Warriors who you got on the spot LeBron James. Warriors. Warriors for me too. Two Warriors, one Cavs. I think the Cavs take one at home. I don't think it's going to be a clean sweep. But hey, we got to see what happens. Hopefully you guys enjoyed today's episode. I'm
0: Pete Kennedy. Mike Palmasaro. Phil DeMayo. See you game five. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, (laughs) and
1: review.